this is my attempt to explain, <laughs> and there's the cat, <laughs> to explain um, the issue of Mark 11:26 and whether or not it actually belongs in your New Testament. Uh, this is actually part of my overall verse-by-verse study through the entire Gospel of Mark. I just wanted to have a pause moment and deal with the brackets around verse 26. I'm going to try to explain this in in an accessible way. I hope that this is helpful for you. You'll notice these brackets here in verse 26. This is going to be the the New American Standard Version. In some versions, the verse just doesn't appear at all. And this brings up red flags in people's minds. Understandably, I, I care about the Word of God just like you do, and I want to know what it really says. And if someone's trying to remove a verse from the Bible or do something sketchy or what is going on here. So here's my attempt to explain this issue. Uh, Verse 26, as you'll see the brackets, this is usually put single brackets because the translator is trying to indicate, hey, um, this verse is questionable whether it belongs or not. There's a footnote on a lot of Bibles that say something like, early manuscripts don't contain this verse. You'll see that as well. In some translations, like the ESV right here, you'll notice that it actually goes from verse 25 up towards the top of your screen there, all the way from verse 25 just to verse 27. There is no verse 26. So what's the story? What's going on here? Does verse 26 belong in the Bible or not? Is it representing someone trying to remove a text from the scripture? What's the story here? So what I'm going to do right now is weigh some of the pros and cons, some of the for and against on Mark 11, 26. And the things I'm going to share with you on this verse actually apply to a lot of different Bible verses because you'll notice as you read your Bible, there's footnotes there and they have these statements that are real summary statements. They're usually not enough to satisfy you and me, but they at least let you know there's a discussion on this particular verse and what it originally said. Well, in the case of Mark eleven twenty six, the case for this verse being in your Bible would be that it's in the majority of the manuscripts. That is, more manuscripts have it than don't. A lot more have it than don't. Actually, the vast majority do contain Mark eleven twenty six. So why would anybody not include it as a for sure part of your New Testament? Well, it's not in the earliest manuscripts. This is the case against Mark eleven twenty six. So that means that while it's in the majority, these are later manuscripts and the very earliest manuscripts, it doesn't appear in those manuscripts. That would suggest that while it became a very regular thing to include it in Mark 11, it wasn't initially part of Mark 11. But there's an explanation people have for this. And the pro side, the side that says, yes, let's have Mark 11, 26, they offer something called, I'm going to teach you some weird Greek stuff here, homoioteluton. And don't worry about pronouncing it right. I certainly don't. The basic idea with homoioteluton is that it's a Greek term meaning same endings, same endings. And it's actually really simple and understandable if I just show it to you in English instead of Greek. If you look at Mark 11, and the English is very much like the Greek here, you'll notice that there's some repeated words in verses 25 and 26. Whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father who's in heaven will also forgive you your transgressions. Notice that, forgive you your transgressions. This is is the thing. Your Father in heaven who's going to forgive you your transgressions. But then that same phrase appears at the end of verse 26. Your father who's in heaven will forgive you. Your transgressions are very similar here in the English. Well, the idea is that the person who's copying Mark, they write out verse 25, you know, whenever you stand, da, 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 they write out the whole verse. And then when their eyes look back on their original that they're copying, they they come over here and they, they move from the end of verse 25 to the end of verse 26 and go, okay, I already did that. And then they move on to verse 27. Basically, they skipped verse 26, the first part, because they didn't realize that these similar endings were tricking their eyes. Okay, that's entirely possible. This this could legitimately happen, and it does happen 
in the Greek, not just in the English. This is the Greek version um, of one of the codexes that we have Mark 11, 25, and 26 in. And you see the underlined yellow part is basically saying, look, these are the same phrases in Greek. And I know you're looking at the Greek like, what? There's no spaces? Yeah, they're, that's the way they were doing these manuscripts. Um, they don't have spaces here. But anyway, yeah, that's, that's where you could see the part that they skipped from one to the next one. Oops, we accidentally lost a verse, but it's okay. It was preserved in other, you know, textual traditions and it was brought in later and became the majority. That's possible. That's entirely possible. And I would think that that would be a pretty um, convincing argument actually, except here's the problem. Here's why I lean towards the side of those who think Mark eleven twenty six is not original. Although I will talk in a second about what, how should this affect your theology and it really shouldn't at all. And that's very important that we don't overreact to this kind of stuff. But the case against Mark eleven twenty six not only says that in the earliest manuscripts it's not present, but it says something else very important. And that is that these early manuscripts, as I gather, as I'm reading stuff from like Bruce Metzger and the different textual critics, because I'm not one, I'm just learning from these guys. They say that there are, um, this thing is missing, this verse is missing from multiple text types, multiple text types. What that means is that there are sort of families of manuscripts that come from sort of like a genealogy. You know, it's kind of like this manuscript gives birth to a bunch of kids and then they give birth to a bunch of kids. <laughs> and then we have just the kids, the grandkids that are still available. Well, we can compare the different manuscripts to see who their parents were. And then we can find out these different text traditions. And I may be explaining this somewhat clumsily. Basically, they're just saying that it's not likely that different copyists are gonna make the same mistake and that we won't have anybody who seems to be really early who doesn't make that mistake. In other words, the case seems stronger against Mark eleven twenty six. It was included in the King James Version of the Bible and there are some who would, who would try to take this information and I think use it in an unwise and rather inflammatory way and say that this means that, you know, other new Bibles are taking verses out of your Bible. But that was never the issue in the first place. Even the King James translators had to struggle with sometimes different readings and deciding, should we include this verse or not? It's not entirely clear. In most cases, it's totally clear. In some cases, it's somewhat unclear. And so this is one of those cases where they opted to keep it in. But since 400 years ago, we've discovered a lot more ancient manuscripts. We're in a, maybe a better position today than ever before to know what the Bible says with great certainty. And we say, hey, Mark eleven twenty six 26 seems like it's probably not original. Now, that brings up the next question. What is going on here? Like, why was it included in the first place? Where does it come from? Does Jesus even, even say these words? right? Let's, let's look at them again. Does Jesus even say these words, but if you do not forgive, neither will your father who's in heaven forgive you your transgressions. And the answer is yes, Jesus actually says this in Matthew 6, 15. The fact that Jesus says this almost word for word exact phrase in Matthew 6, 15, and it's in the context of the Lord's prayer means that the theology of it is sound and that it is in Jesus's teaching on prayer, which is what Mark 11 is about. In other words, it's entirely appropriate to bring this information into a study where Jesus is teaching us about prayer and say, hey, if you have unforgiveness in your heart, it will hinder your prayer. That's a huge, huge issue. It's going to mess things up. Um, and, and, it, and it even is symptomatic of unforgiveness between you and God, and which is a huge, huge, scary and real thing we need to address. Bruce Metzger was a very highly respected, like world-renowned Greek scholar. And here's his summary on Mark eleven twenty six. He says, although it might be thought that the sentence was accidentally omitted because of homoiotelluton, 
It's absence from early witnesses that represent all text types makes it highly probable that the words were inserted by copyists in imitation of Matthew 6.15. And so that seems to be the case, that it was a harmonization. And this is what we see all the time in the manuscripts of the New Testament is that sometimes someone copying one gospel is harmonizing it with another. Oh, you know, there's more info from this gospel. I'll bring it and import it over here. This would not be seen so much as a corruption as, a, as much as it is a harmonization of the text because you're bringing in inspired information from one source into another. So often what translators do though, if they feel like, hey, there's a good chance this wasn't original, they, they may not include it and they'll put it in a footnote like it will be in the ESV. This verse will appear in a footnote or like the NASB, they'll put brackets around it and a footnote and they're just trying to draw your attention hey maybe this is not original we're going to include this either way our theology is completely unaffected by this it's definitely part of jesus's teaching on prayer and i think that it's safe for if you're in doubt then you include it in the text with a footnote that's just the way they're respecting your intelligence and making sure that they don't make a bad choice that's uh unfixable. Now, if you're interested in learning more about this kind of thing in the Bible, I'm going to link a playlist below where I have three videos, where I, long videos, where I go into great detail about the variations in the manuscripts that we use to get our New Testament today and how we should view those things. And I go through a number of them, lots of three hours of content there if you're interested in that. And as I continue this Mark series, which I'll link below as well, the playlist to the entire Gospel of Mark series, but I'm still in the middle of this series. And as we move towards Mark 16, I'm going to approach probably one of the most controversial and biggest issues when it comes to is this part of the original and that is the entire last 12 verses in the gospel of mark mark 16 i'm gonna do a little project of studying and refreshing myself on this issue and then i'll bring it to you guys in the most sensical way i can and hopefully you will find it helpful other than that i will see you guys on friday at 1 p.m for the q a that's the next thing we got coming up and then monday we'll continue in the verse by verse study through the gospel of mark the basic idea with homo oteluton, homo oteluton, homoi,